Thanks for joining us on Section 113 with Travis Demers. Welcome into another edition of the Section 113 podcast. Thanks for being here with us as the Blazers get set to take on the New York Knicks tonight at Madison Square Garden. And my guest today is the radio voice of the New York Knicks, Ed Cohen. It is one of the most prestigious jobs in all of play-by-play, and that is the radio voice of the New York Knicks. Ed, thanks for the time, man. How are you doing? Travis, I'm great. You know, hearing you say Section 113, I, I thought for a moment you might just say Section 1. And for those who are listening, probably saying, what the heck is he talking about? But you're a Westchester, New York guy. Yes. I'm a Westchester, New York guy. Section 1 was the conference, if you will, that I would imagine our high schools competed in back yes. in the day. That's right. Section 1, Class B, League 2A. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's funny. I haven't heard that in a long time, so it's, uh, it brings back a lot of memories. Uh, we call it Section 113 because at home we broadcast from Section 113, so I figured it was a, a good way to make that connection. And, oh, yeah, if I want to go see Travis, we'll go over to Section 113. Um, for for you guys, you know, it's, it's interesting. We don't talk about this very much. When, when you come into Moda Center, how, what is the – the view like for you do you like the view at moda center and the broadcast position that we have in portland i really do and i will say it's been a few years since we've been out there obviously right nobody in the league traveled in 2021 last year we were limited with travel but we're back on the road now but in the three times that i broadcast on the radio from moda center it's a really good vantage point in that you're about 15 20 rows up the lower bowl in Portland is pretty inclined as you get a little higher in that first level. So it's a nice view. And me personally, and there are very few places in the league still like this, but I love being opposite the benches. I just find you see a yeah. little bit more in terms of movement, who's coming in, reactions on the bench. So I love it. I mean, occasionally fans will stand up and you have to sometimes rise to see over them but listen if they're standing the building's going and it's exciting and i think as an announcer you just find a way to circumvent that and um, rise as well yeah exactly no it's, it's, it's a good point uh so th- there's there's a lot to get into we don't have a lot of time and i want to start with the, the new york knicks and uh the situation you guys are in right now you played on monday road trip you come home and then you have three full days off including thanksgiving um so trying to get back into the swing. We had a, a situation like that earlier this year. Where we had three days off. Just how much of a challenge do you think that's going to be after the holiday and three full days off and, and try to avoid that, that little bit of rust you can get in the season? No, it's a great point. And it's funny, I think as announcers and fans might do this too. And you grab the schedule and you look at it and say, wow, let's look at the holidays. Let's look at some of the moments personally that uh, the schedule mm-hmm. might align and boom, we're home for Thanksgiving and we have a couple of days to recover from a tough back and forth Western road trip. Um, so I think the days and just the time to regroup is welcome. And obviously, when you come off five and seven days, you're on the road for nine, you're going back and forth out West, the NBA builds in time to recover. Uh, it just happens to be around the time of Thanksgiving. So you get that extra day. Uh, but we'll see. The Knicks practiced on Wednesday, which I think was a plus, and obviously you have the time with family for Thanksgiving. Uh, but it feels like 
the Knicks haven't been home in forever. And right. in reality, it's been, I guess, almost two weeks. But their last home game was the 13th against the Thunder, and they gave up 145 in regulation. First time the Knicks have done that since 1979. That predates you and me, period. Uh, yes. That goes back to the Kansas City Kings, and it was a game that was so unfitting of a Tom Thibodeau coach team, especially defensively. What they do, they turned around five game road trip. They began with two wins in Utah and Denver on a back to back. You know how hard that is. First win in Denver for the Knicks in 16 years. I mean, it's a grind at altitude and they did it. And then they came back and they closed and beat the Thunder uh, to come back home with a three and two road trip. So you think about where they were on that getaway day having given up 145 at home to where they are now at nine and nine. Uh, yeah, they have to get through having a few days at home and, and regrouping and getting back in the right mindset. But the road trip did wonders for this team in terms of where they were when you think about it, uh, when they left the guard. Sure. Um, a lot of expectations going into last season. Um, and last season was a bit of a disappointment for the Knicks. And this year, you know, we bring in Jalen Brunson. You you change a little bit of the roster around um, some guys that were you know key players the year before. Now more in a, either a bench role or um, that you know kind of uh, just minutes reduced you know role. So what what is the makeup of this team now? Yeah, I think the first part of it is, and you mentioned Jalen Brunson. This is at least in terms of the commitment and what he's done so far, this is the point guard the Knicks and their fans have been waiting for for a long, long time, like decades, you know, close to 30 years. Um, Yeah. And and I think what you're seeing is somebody who's really changed how this team plays. Tom Thibodeau said it, you know, they're pushing the pace far more than they have in his first two years. You know, first two seasons, they were 29th, and 30th in pace in the NBA. And and you mentioned one of those years was a playoff year where they were fourth in the East. But you look at it now to be 10th in pace for the Knicks and where they were coming from is huge. And Brunson has played a huge part in that. Um, R.J. Barrett, listen, over time, this team's success is going to ride on whether he can hit the level he was at at the end of last year. and it's been a tough haul early on and RJ spoken about it openly that he's traditionally a slow starter. So what he did against the thunder the other night was paramount to him turning the corner. You know, he had 25, he shot the ball well from three. He was 10 of 16 and Tom Thibodeau played him, you know, 37 minutes. Uh, You need more of that from him before that game on the road trip. He was shooting 8% from three and 27% from the field. Yeah. And then Julius Randle is somebody who his numbers have been good, could be more efficient. Uh, A real plus for him was the game in Denver. His defense in the fourth quarter was terrific. And it wasn't so much that he shut down one particular guy, uh, but the energy, uh, what he brought in terms of closeouts, he forced a couple of steals was awesome. Like it, it, you really don't always see it. So those three guys, when they play well and they play well in the same game, that's a lot of the team's success right there. And I think when they're locked in, they're defending, and obviously they're scoring 
with you know some measure of efficiency, it makes a huge difference for everybody else. You look around the Eastern Conference, we're, we're sitting 18 games into the season for the Knicks, and we have seen in Portland just how much of a difference a week makes, right? And we got, a, got off to a hot start now on a four-game losing streak, and you know, well, it might only be a game or two out of great playoff positioning, but now you look at it, it's like, wow, okay, eighth, ninth in the West instead of first or second, and that's a totally different field. So you look at the East, and Milwaukee is obviously terrific. Cleveland is obviously terrific. Boston is obviously terrific. But outside of that, nobody has really you know, kind of separated themselves. And it, it looks like any number of teams could finish four through 10 or even 11 or 12. So where do you think that the Knicks fall into that? I agree with you completely in terms of your summary of the East, because coming into the season, so much of the talk was how deep it is. And it really is deep in that a team like the Wizards now, a team like the Pacers, uh, they're not going to roll over on any given night. I think right. the Knicks are in that category too. Uh, they're not at Milwaukee's level. They're not at Boston's level. And Cleveland had that great start. They then struggled for a bit. They lost five in a row. But they played really well lately. And you guys saw it the other night, what they're capable yep. of. Um, I think when they do have it together and they're healthy, they're certainly in that conversation. Atlanta, Philadelphia, uh, I think you could put Brooklyn in there as well because you just never know because of what they are on paper if they can kind of alleviate some of the question marks and, and be that team that no one wants to face. Um, Chicago even, you kind of put them in the middle tier and the Knicks are on the fringe there. Uh, but I think the big story is the East on any given night outside of a couple of teams, you're looking at 12 or 13 teams right now that have a valid um, possibility of reaching the playoffs or at least being in the playing discussion. And that's what you love seeing at this time of the year, you know, after 20 games, that's how it should be. You know, there hasn't been that real runaway team outside of Boston and Milwaukee, you know, thinking about what they've done without Middleton. Um, it's, it's wide open. You know, growing up, obviously not far from you, as you mentioned earlier, um, the Nets were still in New Jersey. The, the Knicks were New York's team. I don't think that I, I ever knew a Nets fan growing up. Now they've been in Brooklyn for 10 years. They do have some more fans. Obviously, they've got some, you know, world-round players and things like that. But, but the Knicks were always the talk of the town. Um, that at least from a national perspective, because I haven't spent a lot of time in New York lately, the Nets have been the topic of conversation for good reasons, bad reasons, all kinds of reasons. So is it is it strange to you working for the Knicks, growing up in the area, that the Nets are the team that's talked about more than the Knicks are? You know, I think the Nets especially with Kevin Durant and what's happened with Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons coming over last year for James Harden. Um, the Nets have driven a lot of the national conversation. But if you pick up the paper, if you listen to the radio, uh, just engage a local NBA fan. Uh, here's a great example. You know, Nets a couple of years ago, they lose in seven to Milwaukee. Right. Mm -hmm. But you're really thinking this team has a, a legitimate chance to win a championship. And they were the talk of the league in many ways. Um, if you put on national television, odds are uh, you'd hear something about the Nets at that moment. 
But I think in New York, all right, say the Nets win the championship. It's June 23rd. Um, what are you talking about, June 24th? In a lot of cases around here, it's what are the Knicks going to do this offseason? Who are they going to draft? And and you can't forget, listen, this is this is one of the first teams. This is the orange and blue. This is the guard yeah. Mecca. You know, this is the team that's won two titles and has been waiting for that next one for over 50 years. You know, these are the Knicks of Walt Clyde Frazier and the great teams of the 70s and Patrick Ewing and Carmelo Anthony. And at the end of the day, it, it's a Knicks town. It always will be. Uh, the Nets, look, the window's small, and they went all in on Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and building around those guys. But that's not forever. Um, and you're always going to have to have the fight of building a fan base in the five boroughs when, yeah. you know, the team that's always been here and has the foundation um, and passion of, of the average New York City fan, you know, they're right across the river. So that's how I would summarize it um, in a non-disparaging you know, way towards Brooklyn or anybody else right. in terms of what the dynamics are still here in New York. You mentioned orange and blue, right? Uh, that the Knicks uniforms are iconic. They've been basically the same for, you know, forever. So tonight, the Knicks are wearing their city edition uniforms. They're they're black, and there is a a black corner. At least where the the blue is, it's black, and the logo is different at center court. Have they broken that out yet? And how strange is it to see? black where the blue is in madison square garden <laughs> see you went on locker vision this morning didn't you yes. so did i, yes, I did. <laughs> you know it's funny I, I thought to myself and i'm i'm borderline colorblind travis like i'm really? terrible oh yeah oh yeah i mean the amount of times where i've and i have to look it up and basically write it down now but the amount of times i've looked at a uniform as a play-by-play guy and thought that purple was blue and someone elbow me to say you know that's that's actually purple <laughs> you know like it's wow. it's I no yeah idea. it's bad like i could never do horse racing with the silks it, it would never it would never right. work um but no the knicks last year i guess most teams around the nba unveiled the city edition floors so it was very similar different on the perimeter in terms of what happened out of bounds um but for the most part the knicks had that triangle logo at center court that was orange and black and they've done that again this year um they debuted it i think it was against detroit just before we left on the road trip and it was um it was drawn up by a guy named ronnie feig of kith um and so that's something that they it's very similar to last year but um there have been some changes in terms of just the design and artistry uh, on the, the boundaries of the court. Uh, but I think they debuted it last year on Christmas against Atlanta. So um, it's cool. I mean, it, it at least has the, the same logo at center court. It has a bit of a Halloween type feel to it. But um, right. yeah, that's the NBA. I think, you know, the last couple of years, the league has really embraced different looks, art, creativity. Um, and sometimes you have to say, what is the background to the city edition uniforms that teams might be wearing? But I think once you do read about it, it is kind of cool. 
Yeah, I think a lot of folks looking around the league are, are wondering what Portland's city edition is and had no idea that the, the PDX carpet was, was such a big deal. But I, I think people are figuring that out now. So PDX, I know, is the, the airport code, but is there yes. more to it? Yeah, so the, 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 the carpet at the airport um, basically it became iconic and people would go to the airport and take a picture of you know their their shoes at the airport that, that they're here they're getting ready to leave and in the 90s it became a, a really big deal and then they ripped the carpet out and people just totally melted down about it so now for years um fans have been saying we we, we want to see the pdx carpet incorporated into trailblazers uniforms and you know these things take years right so right you know they, they've been working on this for i don't know four years five years and they finally unveiled it and it's pretty split. You know, some people just absolutely love it and think it's the greatest thing ever. And then some people are, you know, disappointed that it's not the traditional Trailblazers colors. But it's it's certainly been a it's been a hit. But there are teams around the league where, you know, when we play them and we see the city edition, like, okay, I need to I need to find out exactly what this is all about. A hundred percent. The one from a few years ago that I felt stood out the most, I mean, it looked ridiculous. And the premise of it, you're rolling your eyes. But, you know, part of me also said it's so bold and borderline cool. And I give them credit that they went this route were those Miami Vice uniforms for the Heat. <laughs> I mean, yeah. and I, listen, I didn't grow up watching Miami Vice. But the thought that they would go that route based on the show with those colors and it was that loud and in your face, you almost step back and say, OK, you know what? This isn't forever. Give them credit. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, Minnesota went with the with Prince themed jerseys a right. few years ago. I mean, there's right. there's all kinds of stuff that's being thrown out there now. A hundred percent. All right, he is Ed Cohen, the radio voice of the New York Knicks. He joined us here in the Section One Thirteen podcast. Ed, I know we went a little long there, but I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Uh, happy belated Thanksgiving, although we did talk yesterday, and uh, I will see you tonight at MSG. Travis, always a pleasure. And yes, we'll see you tonight in section 223. Double. Yes. <laughs> All right. Big thanks to Ed Cohen for joining us in the section 113 podcast. Blazers and Knicks tonight, 4.30 p.m. tip off on the Trailblazers radio network and on our flagship station, 6.20 a.m. Rip City Radio in the Portland area. Mike Lynch will have the pregame for you at 3.30. And then on Friday, the Blazers, excuse me, today is Friday. Then on Sunday, the Blazers will finish up their road trip against the Brooklyn Nets, and that will be a noon tip. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next time on the Section 113 Podcast.